G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Most of us have something, something that's going on in our lives, something that we're doing that we know isn't pleasing to God. And while we may try to ignore it, He loves us, and so He won't let us ignore it. So maybe, just maybe, it's time to do something about it. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be back with you again. Today we're going once more to take a look at what Jesus really wants for you and what he has planned for you, all from a different perspective. Today's a big day on the program, a huge day on the program. We've been chatting so far this week about the heart of Jesus, the heart he has to be close to us, the the reason he came, the reason he did all those miracles, the reason he blesses us, the reason he's knocking at our door. You and I, we're so often just bumbling our way through life, kind of believing in Jesus maybe, kind of believing in God, but really honestly a bit on the lukewarm side because life's busy and and things seem pretty much okay and and Jesus comes along and says, look, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I, I wish you were cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. For you say I'm rich, I've prospered, I don't need anything. You don't realise that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind and naked. Therefore, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white robes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. See, I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. Jesus wants us to have the real thing. He wants us to have a real relationship with him, real goal, real purity, real vision. And all we need to do to make that happen is to repent. But as I can attest, repenting ain't an easy thing to do. Reason? It's about pride. To repent, to have a change of heart, to turn our lives around and over to Jesus once and for all. You know, we have to admit to ourselves that who we are, who we've become, how we're living our lives fall a long way short, I mean way short, of the mark. I can't tell you how I struggle with that. I can't, I can't tell you what a huge step it seemed to me at the time to admit that this guy, me, this guy who'd always tried to succeed at everything he did, who, who in the world's eyes appeared to have success at everything, deep down I knew I was failing at life itself. Now, is Jesus only there for failures? No. But there comes a point where, where despite any outward success we may have, and lots of people have lots of success, we need to admit to ourselves that yes, there is a God, and yes, some of the stuff I'm into is not pleasing to him, and yes, if I want to lay hold of this amazing life he has for me, then it's time to change my heart and change my mind and change my life around and change my ways, and that immediately brings up this prospect of, well, I have to change something in my life 
That means I have to give something up for Jesus. Man, this God, I'm sure he, he doesn't want me to have any fun in my life, does he? That's how it felt to me way back when. And I look back on that and I think to myself, how could I have had that idea? But that's knowing what I know now. And I didn't know those things back then. And I didn't have the benefit of walking with Jesus for almost the past 20 years and realising how much fun he wants me to have, even though sometimes the going's tough. I mean, I can't deny that. I didn't realise back then how those few things that I was hanging on to, pride and selfishness and anger, they were my big ones, were robbing me of life. Now, I don't care if you're someone who has never in their wildest dreams imagined giving their lives to Jesus, or if you're someone who's, who's struggling with that and you're right in that point now, or if you're someone who's been warming the pews of a church with your backside for the last half century or more, we all have stuff. Let me say it again. We all have stuff that we want to hang on to that's not pleasing to God at all. And here's my favourite executive summary of that stuff. You, you may have heard me pull this one out before, and the reason I pull it out from time to time is that it's, it's an executive summary of the stuff that God calls sin. It kind of whacks you in the face and brings us to our senses. Here it is. I'm, I'm reading now from the contemporary message translation of the Bible, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalising everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on, writes Paul. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Now, I'm, I'm kind of pretty sure you recognise at least one or two of those things in that list to be your own. Temper, lovelessness, competitiveness, all that garbage. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves, as tightly as we may hang on to those things, as much as we've duped ourselves into believing that, that those things are absolutely essential to our happiness and to our lives, actually, come on, let's be honest, they are only ruining our lives. Competitiveness ruins our lives. If we're overly competitive, if we always have to win... How many relationships are we going to have? How, how rich are our lives going to be? Bottom line is that God only asks us to give up things, to repent of things, to turn away from things that are ruining our lives. Isn't that a powerful insight? Sin is the stuff that ruins our lives. Sin is the stuff that robs us of life. And that's what the devil wants for us. Again, here's Jesus on that very thing. He said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, the devil, comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come, said Jesus, that you may have life and have it abundantly. So today I believe Jesus is calling a few of us to repent, to have a change of mind, a change of heart and a change of life about some of the muck that we're hanging on to in our lives. Let me come back to the centrepiece of what it is we've been sharing together on the program these last few weeks. Jesus said to the church in Laodicea, he said, look, you guys reckon you're rich, you're prospering, and you don't need anything, but you do not realise that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So therefore, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white robes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see 
Jesus said, I reprove and discipline those whom I love, so be earnest and repent. Listen, I'm standing at the door, I'm knocking. If you hear my voice, open the door. I'll come in to you and eat with you and you with me. And my prayer for each one of us today is that the Spirit of God is writing His truth and love and mercy and grace on our hearts right now. I'm believing that there are a good few of us whom Jesus is calling right in this moment to repent. You can feel Him knocking on the door of your heart. You can hear His voice in His word. You you just know He's calling you to a place of giving up those few bits of muck that you've been hanging on to for a dear life, duped by the devil into believing that they're essential to your existence. When all along... Like cancer, they've been spreading through you and making you sicker and sicker. I believe that there are men and women and children listening right now around the world whose hearts are fit to break as you've heard God's word. You're grieved at the realisation of the sin that you've been clinging on. Well, before we pray a prayer of repentance, a turning point prayer, God wants you to know this from his word. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation and brings no regret. But worldly grief produces death. Before I go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.